0: Welcome to The Fit 40 Podcast, where we take all the confusing, conflicting fitness and nutrition information and break it down so that you can live your healthiest, strongest, most energized life. I'm your host, Brian Fitzsimmons. Let's get it started. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back for another episode. Today, we've got a special guest. Marissa Roy is in the house. She's owner of PCC, that is... The uh, permanent change coaching. Okay, she's got her bachelor's in neuroscience from George Mason, master's in exercise science and sports nutrition. She's a certified personal trainer, certified uh, conditioning co- uh, CSCS <laughs> certified <laughs> strength and conditioning specialist. I got that same damn cert, and it always trips me up too. <laughs> and also a pre and postnatal coach certified through Girls Gone Strong and a top of the line cookie connoisseur so welcome marissa i have no doubt that you're gonna grace us with amazing info and hopefully a cookie recommendation or two
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and I'll talk about cookies as long as you want.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I definitely have that on the agenda. That's what everybody's cool. going to be waiting to the end for. We got to dangle that carrot.
1: Perfect. Open that loop now and just leave everyone hanging.
0: Exactly. Exactly. That's how I do it here. That's All right. Sweet. So, um, I, for everybody listening, like I met Marissa at coaching con, one of the biggest conferences in the entire nation. So many good coaches out there that, that we got to surround ourselves with. And I know Marissa has been in the, in this game for a while and I know that she's got like tons of great info. So let's just start from the beginning. Like, like I like knowing everybody's origin yeah. story, like what got you into fitness and nutrition in the first place?
1: Oh boy. Okay. We're going loaded question from the get go. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So, um, man, well, basically what got me into it in the first place was, um, and I think this is really probably a common thread for a lot of coaches that I, that I know is just being an athlete my whole life. Um, I was basically just, I mean, from roller skating in the neighborhood to playing wiffle ball in the front yard to doing like house league soccer and lacrosse and basketball and like everything, I was just constantly, constantly active. And I was, I'm an only child. So um, that makes me like statistically more likely to just be insane and also uh, really just Gave me a lot of opportunity, Uh, and so I was really blessed to be able to just try everything. My parents really poured into me um, to be able to do all that, but eventually stumbled my way into finding volleyball, which was my first true love. I have to say, (laughs) Um, still love the game today. Um, Still play even to this day. Uh, But I found that uh depending on the team like sometimes libero if it was more competitive because i'm a little shorter uh and sometimes i would play all around outside hitter if it was like a less competitive scene so gotcha yeah that's yeah. A,
0: that's what my girlfriend played that's so it's so funny and my best friend was a libero so i mean good people are liberos
1: i love it i love it there's nothing like (laughs) just getting a really solid dig off of someone who thought they were just gonna you know smash it in your face so (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i give you credit
0: that thing flies especially the competitive leagues i can't imagine having that coming at me
1: (laughs) i'll say my favorite thing about returning to volleyball, which is kind of part of the story, but my favorite thing about returning to volleyball as an adult is that basically everything is co-ed. And that's way more fun when a guy is like pounding down on a women's net, thinking he's just going to, you know, crush the ball. No one's going to touch it. It'll be an easy kill. And then you scoop that up. um, (laughs) That is the best feeling ever.
0: And I'm just like, just (laughs) Taking souls left and right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, so volleyball was the passion, the first love. Um, and I got really serious about it. I was for a while, like intent on playing in college and with that came an interest in, well, then I should probably like do this, like strength and conditioning thing. That's getting popular now. And, uh, started, with like kind of a little group trainer with some friends where we would do like dumbbell step-ups and abs and reaction drills and that sort of thing. Um, and then I was like, all right, nutrition's also a part of this. You know, this trainer guy just keeps telling me that I need to like drink chocolate milk or something. So like, what, what is he talking about? Um, so that was kind of the door that opened into nutrition. But one big problem is that nutrition for athletes is not always very well um, separated from nutrition for weight loss in Google searches. So, uh, (laughs) I would Google search. So how do I eat better? And what would come up for a 15 year old on Google was a bunch of adult weight loss advice. And I didn't know any better. I didn't know the difference. So I was just like, cool. How I eat better is I eat less calories than I burn. And I, you know, learn how to eat all these, you know, top 10 superfoods that boost your metabolism and all this stuff. So I was basically mixing messages, right? Because I was like, on one hand, getting information about like restriction and weight loss and how to lose body fat. And on the other side, just trying to better my performance. Um, but then it kind of intermixed to where I was like, I want abs, I want toned arms and legs. I want to look like these models that, you know, are on the covers of these articles. So I should, I should do that. And so that brought me into the cycle of, okay, I downloaded my fitness pal as like a mere 14 year old started going with those recommendations, thinking I needed to lose weight. And just for like context, like I, I I was stick thin in high school, like the whole time, (laughs) never did I actually need to lose weight. So just for reference, (laughs) but um, thought I did because that's what, media was kind of saying there was no other narrative and so um got into a really toxic cycle of just restricting i was practicing volleyball um doing you know p90x and insanity dvds i was running long distance because i quote unquote liked it but because it burned calories and basically my body was telling me day in and day out you've had enough go binge on the pantry because i'm starving like that's what my body was telling me and i was really confused and frustrated and disappointed in myself because I would, I would have all this willpower and excitement and energy towards my goals. But then my body was like, nah, girl, you're going to just binge on everything sweet and salty and snacky in the fridge and uh, freezer and pantry until you feel sick. And it was just my body's natural response to starving. So, you know, knowing what I know now, at least, so that went on for a couple of years and it really did a number on my self-confidence, my focus on my ability to focus on my goals. Um, and I eventually, uh, I had a great, you know, run with high school volleyball and club and everything, but by the end of it and all of that stress on my body and my mind, I didn't want to play in college anymore. So I turned down multiple offers and said, yeah, I'm gonna go into this health and fitness thing instead. I'm more passionate, more interested in figuring this shit out. (laughs) So um, went that direction. And shortly after high school, started personal training in person. And um, was 18 years old, basically had no idea what I was doing, but they trusted me to train people twice my age anyways. Don't know why, Um, (laughs) but I'm grateful for it. And about six months after that, saw the online thing started starting to take off. This was 2016. Um, and so I started my business with some Excel sheets, a website off of sitebuilder.com. And I just kind of said like, well, if Amanda Bucci and Lane Norton, Lane Norton can do it, I I can figure it out. And so I started and then I just spent years and years and years honing in on my craft, getting really humbled along the way many, many times. (laughs) Um, and eventually getting to where we are now, what is that, over seven years later now? And uh, now I kind of think I know what I'm doing um, and <laughs> at least have some humility around it. And uh, But I'm in a much better place with my my body and I help other women do the same.
0: Hell yeah. It It does seem like a lot of that, like the traditional wisdom, the traditional knowledge that a lot of the ladies get in high school, like kind of sets them up for what is known as like the female triad. Or like the yeah. female athlete triad
1: well high school or even like i mean a lot of women that i talk to in their 40s 50s 60s this has been going on since they were eight or nine years old like yeah just what mom and dad said about nutrition too and and a lot of that is really common unfortunately
0: yeah absolutely i've, I've had a few conversations with clients that said like their parents put them on like Atkins or like Weight Watchers yeah. when they were like not even hitting puberty. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this goes back.
1: Yeah. And the, the sad part is, is like the intentions there are never bad, yeah. but it's like what a number that does on people when it's like the intentions aren't bad, but like that's all their parents knew. <laughs> so yeah. That's what they were exposed to, and they grew up really messed up because of it. And so I think something probably that you and I both have in common is how do we not only impact the people that we work with who might be you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, but also how does that then influence their kids, their grandkids, and how are we changing the narrative for the next generation?
0: 100%. 100% because now, I mean, it feels like people have the enough knowledge and enough insight and enough actual raw data to be like, all right, I can make an informed decision and improve my family's health for generations.
1: Well, that's the goal.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's the goal.
1: Yeah. We're, <laughs> as, we're working as, our way there
0: Yeah, as obesity and is on the rise. It's, it's still the goal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, I do like how you brought up like the fact that like we do both work with a a good amount of women that are are in that same age group, like that forties fifties, like that's about like a lot of the, a lot of the um, personal training environment is women in that age group. And I think, one of the things that we talked about before I hit that record button was how you were uh, giving your take on menopause and like how a lot of times we have this conversation. And it's like this, like voodoo thing to talk about, (laughs) like, especially myself as a male trainer, like, Oh, sorry, we don't go down that road. (laughs) Like, what, what do you like to do as far as like with your clients? Like, are there certain things in that age group that you're like, this seems to be working really well or like certain like myths that you're like, we just got to bust this first.
1: Hmm. Um, I mean the gen, the general conversation around menopause a needs to be had and b the narrative needs to change period. Um, and so like just making that more widely known, because I think it's starting to become a thing that's less like hush hush. And I'm ashamed of the fact that I'm having all these symptoms and everything to now women are being more empowered to do something with it and about it. And that it's not just like a hopeless thing, that, but I mean, that narrative is still there. And and something I've found in general is like, and this applies to to every aspect of probably what we could ever talk about is you and I are very well-versed in this. Our clients are now in the bubble of like, they understand that they can be empowered and they can take control over their health and all of these things that we now know to be true, like, sustainable habits, being flexible, all this stuff. But you take like one step outside that bubble. It's like, I go talk to like my cousin's sister or something. And it's like, it's, it's not known. And so like the narrative around menopause and health in general still needs to change. And like, we're talking like within the fitness industry, which is a $60 billion industry. It's like, what about outside of that? there's still people that like don't even touch, you know, health messaging, marketing, you know, media, anything. So what about them? And what about what they're hearing and what they're believing? Right. And so the narrative around menopause is particularly one of those where it's like, essentially, the current narrative is once you turn 45, 50, whatever age it is, you start having those symptoms. It's like, well, good luck. You're just going to gain weight and you just have to, just have to accept that you're going to lose muscle and get frail and fragile and and gain a bunch of body fat. And that definitely needs to change. And then you take one step into the fitness industry bubble and then the narrative changes to, well, you just have to work harder. And so what do women take Working harder as is like, let me go do more Fit Body Boot Camp. Let yeah. me go do more cardio. Let me eat less calories. The problem with that is that that is so counterintuitive to what the body actually needs during that time because what menopause is, is you're no longer producing like 75% of your sex hormones. And so your metabolism is changing. We can't just brush it off and say it doesn't exist and you should be fine. Just do everything normally. No, your metabolism is changing and there are things that you need to adapt to. But doing more of what you've done before is not the answer because you might have been able to get away with just eat less, move more when you were younger, if you even got away with it then. But doing more of it now is just really going to, in a lot of cases, exacerbate symptoms, make them worse, rather than taking a really balanced and um, evidence-based approach towards nutrition and training can actually, I've seen it like almost completely eliminate symptoms of menopause. I've seen women in their early fifties, mid fifties feel their best. And they're like, Oh my God, I had no idea that like, I could actually get rid of all the hot flashes and dizziness and mood swings and everything just with my nutrition. So, you know, you can flip the script to like food really is medicine exercise can be very healing but you just have to be able to use it right
0: yeah and it is pretty wild like i know like i'm actually just diving into like the girls gone strong stuff with the pre and postnatal. but i mean like the stuff that they put out on menopause it's like i know as like a trainer we kind of get on and we're like all right what's that secret thing what's that like what am i not (laughs) doing with my clients right now that i need to start doing and then you get into the weeds of it and it's like strength train two to four times a week eat mostly whole foods, sleep. And it's like, <laughs> oh, can I have my $1,000 back? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, it's like it's it's the simple things. But the, just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. Like yeah. especially sleep. Are there like some sleep strategies that you use with your clients that seem to be paying off big time? Because I know that's like the one big thing that people like all have trouble with across the board.
1: Yeah. So, uh, well, especially in menopause too, where like now our circadian rhythm might be getting dysregulated. Like we're just like hot when we're trying to go to sleep. Like, and I'm not speaking about this just to be totally clear. Cause I know a lot of your audience is women, you know, forties and above it's, I'm not sitting here trying to pretend like I know what this is like. Like I don't, <laughs> I am 26 years old.
0: Welcome to the club.
1: <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I have coached a lot of women through it. And uh, at this point, when I talk to women who are struggling with this, I I have a lot of knowledge to offer. And so it's, it's not about like needing to empathize, but just needing to understand. And so um, mm-hmm. I want to go broad first and then I'll kind of go narrow in on the sleep question. Because when you, you know, the thing you said really resonated with me because um, I actually started doing a functional nutrition certification that has gone really deep into like, gut health and hormones and a lot more on menopause too, and all that fun stuff. And when I started doing that, I started looking for, okay, what's the magic secret? What's the thing, like, what what don't I know here? And I was happy, but also disappointed to find that, again, it was, are we eating mostly whole foods? Are we sleeping? Are we strength training two to four times per week? Are we managing our stress? And yes, there are more int- intricate details, underneath each of those umbrellas, but it's like each of those are huge umbrellas that encompass so much physiology that you, you can have a better understanding of all the little intricate things, but like on the surface, if you're just not doing the basics, it's not going to happen for you. Um, and so I think a lot of times as, as coaches and as people trying to pursue our health and our fitness goals, we often are looking for, you know what's what's the best plan? What's the you know what's the magic combination of vegetables and these foods and these these proteins and this and that? Or what's the best training plan with the perfect rep scheme? And how can I biohack my sleep and <laughs> all that bullshit? Yep. But the reality of it is, is it's not about the plan. It's about figuring out everything that's getting in the way of you executing on it, and so. That's really where I focus when it's like you ask the question, like, what are my best sleep tips? My answer to that is what's getting in the way of you just executing on sleep hygiene. So sleep hygiene, I can list out, you know, dark room, temperature controlled, white noise, um, maybe weighted blanket, um, dump out all your thoughts before bed that are keeping you up. But it's like, okay, cool. I can tell you all those things, but a, you're not going to do them. And B there's other dysfunctional habits getting in the way of you being able to even focus on that. And so most of the time it just comes down to, you know, what are the things getting in the way of you making the choice to better yourself in that one situation? And a lot of, I mean, most of it is just primarily mental, um, deeply rooted in self-worth and self-advocacy and building that and having a better understanding of our own thoughts and how those govern than our behaviors. So we could go down the rabbit hole. We don't have to, (laughs) up to you.
0: Oh no, it's cool. I mean, I could, I know at least with my, with my clients, one of the biggest things, and if we could just like go back like a hundred years, it'd make life so much simpler. If we could just get rid of this thing. And for anybody who's uh, not watching this, I'm holding up my cell phone because that seems to be a gigantic Mm -hmm. source of one, just stress in general. And two, it really messes with your sleep beforehand. Like if you're watching a screen right before shutting your eyes, not ideal. Yeah. 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 But like you said, there's a million other things that are like gigantic nails in the tire for a lot of people really just comes down to figuring out what they are.
1: I think for most people, it's really just not having a strong awareness of their thoughts and how their thoughts then influence their emotions and then how those emotions then influence their actions. So for example, we have 60,000 plus thoughts a day, Mm -hmm. more than 80% are negative. Um, And that's just the reality of it. Um, And so the, the problem is that most people take a thought and then assign meaning to it that doesn't necessarily need to be true. So for example, if I took a bite of a cookie, we'll talk about cookies here, right? So um, if I took a bite of a cookie and I was like, you know, a lot of thoughts could come from that. I could say, wow, that's really yummy. I really like chocolate. Cookies are delicious. Or I could think, um, oh my gosh, this is a bad food. This is going to put me off my diet. This is, you know, this is unhealthy. And then all the thoughts that come from that, like I'm off my diet. Um, I'm being unhealthy. I'm a bad person for eating this. Like what kind of meat, like we assign so much meaning to something that, you know, one person could eat a cookie and think this is delicious is awesome. And then I'm moving on with my life and another person could eat the cookie and like just totally spiral. So I used to be that person who would eat the cookie and spiral and then binge on everything else in the pantry. Why does that happen? because we're assigning meaning to it and we're not stopping to just ask ourselves the question, like, is that thought actually true? Or like, did I just make that meaning up? And am I stressing over literally something that could be nothing? And so the power comes in that question, just asking yourself, is that true? And if you say no, then like, cool, you just changed the narrative. You can now move on with your life, do something different. Um, And therefore your actions change, right? Because if you think, well, yeah, that's true, I'm a bad person, I ate the cookie, I'm off my diet. It's like, okay, well then you're gonna start feeling shame and guilt and all these other emotions that will flood over you and then what are you gonna do? Go binge on the pantry. Versus if you said, no, that's not true. I'm still on the plan, I just had a bite of a cookie and I'm gonna move on. And then we're empowered in our decisions to then take more productive actions. And this cycle happens over and over and over and over and over again. 60,000 plus times a day every day. And so like the biggest advice I have to anyone is like most plans <laughs> that you could like generate off of chat GPT will work. <laughs> like, Hey, chat GBT, go give me a meal plan for 1600 calories with 120 grams of protein and, um, give me a grocery list for it. And, you know, just, just get the plan out of the way, trading plan, nutrition. I'm not saying that's the best way to go about it. You should probably hire a coach, but like let's say that's all you had that would be fine but it's about every time you come up against a thought that is not moving you towards following that plan you have to actually question it so you have to have mindfulness around what's going on up here and how is it just completely stopping me in my tracks because most people's biggest problem is not knowledge it's not you know resources it's not knowing it you know my my best example is like Brian, if I gave every single one of your clients $1,000 each and said, go clear out your pantry and your fridge and go buy stuff that's going to move you towards your goals, most people would come back with a fridge full of whole nutrient-dense foods, unprocessed stuff, healthy fats, lean proteins, fruits and vegetables. It's not a lack of knowledge, right? It's just like yeah. what's getting in the way. It's our self-sabotage. And so, um, yeah, that that's something I've been super passionate about lately. So I don't even know how I got here, but I just had to say it.
0: <laughs> no, I'm glad you did because honestly like that seems to be the trend like with all the really amazing coaches that keep coming on is everybody touches on mindfulness and it's because that shit makes a difference. Like that's yeah. the stuff that like makes or breaks like good coaches and ineffective coaches. Because yeah. that's like what coaching is is like getting into the mindset, getting into the actions that are coming from that mindset and the beliefs that people have surrounding whatever they're doing. And I mean, it it really does seem like the main thing that people need to think about when they're getting healthier, trying to get more fit, isn't, I got to get the perfect plan. I got to get this. It's how do I figure out what I am doing? Like you said, to self-sabotage. And then when you fix that, it's off to the races. Oh, son of a bitch. Oh no. Huh. Oh, he's Can back. Can you see me? Yeah. Yes. Sorry about that.
1: You froze a little bit. Um you the last thing I heard you say was separates good coaches from, you know, mediocre and then yeah. it kind of cut off.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I'll just pick it up from there and again, I'll have to go in and edit this <laughs> you know, Wi-Fi. Um but yeah, but um it just seems like that when people get inside their their head a little bit and figure out why they believe what they believe and that's why they do what they do and you can get it at the source then that's where the real difference is made
1: that's like that's like literally where the magic happens and like i hate using the word because we're like oh looking for the magic pill the magic thing but it's like that if there's any magic it's like the magic of taking control of your own thoughts or at least being able to like sort through them well enough that like you are not just subject to kind of just living passively of like things just happen to you and you know you're you're doing things and you don't know why like that that is just true misery like
0: yeah I've actually heard I don't know I forget where I heard it but some somebody said uh there are some people that truly don't live with an inner monologue and I'm just like how (laughs) Like nobody has like that thought, like they're having a conversation with themselves. And I guess there are just some people that like don't have that ability. And it really takes a lot of effort for a lot of people because they get caught up in the daily. I got to do this. Got to pick up the kids. Got to get groceries. Got to do this. And they don't never take a second to check in with themselves.
1: Yeah. Well, would you say that they don't have the ability or they just haven't learned how?
0: I would say there's probably a very, very small percentage that really just don't have the ability, but the majority of people just need to learn.
1: What makes you say that, though? What's that? That there's a small percentage of people that don't have the ability.
0: Oh, because I hate absolutes. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> like, there's room for a little bit. There's ro- there's got to be that little subsection that has some people that just genuinely are missing that part of their brain.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm. I'd be curious to know, like, what subsection of people that really is, and like,
0: yeah.
1: I, I'm sure it must be some kind of a disability. Because 100 oh, think- percent. Yeah, because I think that, like, for everyone listening to this, like, I just don't, I would never want someone to walk away from this feeling disempowered if, like, I can't, I'm just one of those people, I don't, I, yeah. I don't know what my inner monologue is. Because um, I think everyone listening here, I mean, if you're interested in this stuff at all, like, you, you definitely have the ability to change that narrative.
0: Absolutely. And it comes down to not having that, like, snowflake mentality. It's like, none of us are, like, super duper special, like, in the fact that, like, we are 100% that 1% all the time. Like yeah, the majority of things that we're talking about will work for almost everybody listening right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's hard when the narrative is I'm broken and I am broken beyond repair and I'm different than everyone else and no one can fix me and nothing can fix me. Um it's a hard narrative to be in and to get out of. So oh, yeah. I I've definitely, you know, I've definitely encountered folks like that, worked with people like that, and it's a it's a bigger bridge to cross, but that doesn't mean that it's not still a bridge.
0: Yeah, we just got to get some Carol Dweck in their lives. Give them that mindset book and start opening up the possibilities. I know uh, I was just talking with somebody and they were talking about it was uh, actually Steph Fusnick from a uh, coaching con. She was yeah. uh, one of the, yeah. And she was talking about, um, like switching the narrative to, I do this, or I am this type of person to, I tend to do. And it's like mm-hmm. that little switch, like that little change in that mental narrative makes such a difference.
1: Yeah. Or saying like, um, for example, I I work with a lot of perfectionists and people pleasers or Mm -hmm. self-identified perfectionists and people pleasers. So the first thing that we have them do is instead of continuing to call themselves that, because then you're going to behave as such, uh, we ask them to just change it to in the past, I've had these tendencies, but now I'm working on, you know, X, Y, and Z putting myself first, more not being a people pleaser. Um, being okay with good enough, that sort of thing.
0: Love that. That's huge. Now, when you do that with your with your people, is that like an individual basis or do you have them do it regularly? Like if somebody listening right now is like, I want to do that, <laughs> is it like a weekly thing, a monthly thing?
1: Um, It's kind of along the same principle of mindfulness, right? So like anytime mm-hmm. you catch yourself saying that to yourself, thinking that to yourself, that's when you do it. Um, So it's just, it's not like a, a structured thing. Um, if you feel like you'd benefit from doing it, like every so often, that's great. But like, honestly, I'm really adamant about just like starting to tune into yourself. And like when you h- see that come up, or when you say that, um, then starting to change that narrative. But what I will say is like, we have um, like community office hours a couple times a week. And if I hear someone say that, like out loud, I just stop them right there. And I just say, hey, we're gonna rephrase that what do we need to say instead? And I'm, I'm so annoying in particular with words like that, but I'm like, it's for you. It's not for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, a lot of people like that's, that's what coaching is. Like, that's what they need is like, everybody says accountability all the time where it's like, I just need to be held accountable. And people think that it's just the workouts and just the nutrition, but that's accountability right there. Having somebody to call you on your bullshit. (laughs)
1: it's what I do. It's what I do. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to be said about that, that statement of like, people think that it's just workouts. It's just nutrition or whatever. Like what I, like I was saying earlier, right. You can have chat GPT, give you something half decent at this point. Like, it's really not about that. And I think it's more about relationships and like, it, it comes down to like, we build trust with people to the point where they trust us enough to be in their corner. And they're actually open and willing to listen when I'm like, Hey, you shouldn't say that about yourself and like if it was a total stranger on the street they'd be like who the fuck do you think you are but like yeah. this is someone that we built a relationship with that um we're, we're there to better their lives
0: so yeah yeah and if it's chat gpt or an app saying this is bad <laughs> or gives you like a a red bar or something people are like screw this <laughs> like yeah it's it's just not the same as having that connection to a person
1: Yeah, absolutely, and like where you can then insert like nuance and like details and things that like depend on certain things versus just like a black and white yeah plan.
0: Do people uh, get annoyed when they're like they hear Marissa for the tenth time say, "Well, it depends."
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, i i I always like to say that if you're listening to a practitioner um in any any sort of space, especially health and fitness, and they don't answer a question that's, you know, starting with it depends, then you should definitely run in the opposite direction. But you should also be very aware of the fact that they should also tell you what it depends on. Just leaving it at it depends is kind of a scapegoat too. So like what does it depend on? Does does it depend on your age? Does it depend on and I will say like the spoiler alert is that it usually depends on like you and what your goals are and what's feasible for you and what you're willing to do and not willing to do and where your mindset is versus anything external. So a lot of times, if uh, if you're ever finding yourself, here's like a quick heuristic, like if you ever find yourself asking the question, like, what's the best blank or, you know, ab workout, diet, meal for this protein shake, whatever. Um, the answer is it depends on, and then insert the blank for something dependent on you, not external brands or circumstances or those sorts of things.
0: Exactly, exactly. Because if people talk in absolutes, it's like a giant I mean, being in the industry, like we've seen that we've heard that so many times. And then we have somebody like smart, like, say, Lane Norton, or like, somebody else, like put up something bashing them because they cite research or whatever. And it's like, okay, so if somebody doesn't give context and say in this situation, or whatever, it's like, you can pretty much assume they're trying to push a narrative.
1: Yeah, and Well, and the thing is, is that we're all trying to push a narrative. I have a narrative I'm trying to push. I just think it's the right one (laughs) and that I'm I'm willing to be wrong. Right. And so I think we're all trying to push a narrative, but like who's trying to push a narrative for the sake of being right versus the sake of helping other people and actually figuring out what's best for people. Um, Because everyone and even myself has like an intrinsic bias towards things and there's no best one way or the other, but that's again, why people buy coaches, not coaching. Like it's like, someone's going to buy into whatever I have because of the way that I approach and view things and that they resonate with it versus you who maybe were similar in some ways, but also different in others. So people are going to work with you because of certain, certain ways that you approach things or do things or say things as well.
0: Yep. And that's also why, like, I know you've probably had a few of these too, where you get people in the DMs that are like just price shopping. It's like, what's your price? What's your price? What's your price? And it's like, they're not on the right track here. We gotta, we gotta have a discussion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. But a lot of times I'll just respond to that question with like, are you shopping based on price or shopping based on value or connection? Because like, I'm happy to chat with you, see if we vibe, but like, if you just want me to send you a number i i mean i can do that but it's not going to help you
0: <laughs> yeah. i mean i i just started telling people like listen if you want if it's a price thing get a nap. just get a nap you'll save yourself a whole lot of money but you're not going to get the results
1: yeah or, and you're not going to save yourself any any time at all no,
0: absolutely <laughs> just not
1: many many more months and years uh yeah. throwing stabs in the dark
0: Exactly. Exactly. But before we get down uh, that rabbit hole, I'm going to pull us out <laughs> and get to the important sure. stuff, like cookies. So perfect. <laughs> what is like? I know. I know. I dipped out early at uh, Coaching Con when we were going to Insomnia, and I was like, "What's everybody's obsession with the cookies here?" But now I'm like, "Okay, I guess it is a very <laughs> big deal." So I got to ask, what's the best cookie you've had? And What is like the generic one that you always go to?
1: Oh, man. Um, The best cookie that I've ever had. Um, Of recent memory, there's a place nearby me. I'm in North Carolina, by the way, um, called Milk Bread. I think it's a chain. I'm not sure. Um, But they have really good cookies because they are like super just, just classic chocolate chip. I'm not fancy. That's it every time. But they got the sea salt, like the flaky sea salt on it. That's the best. Um, but the go-to, I mean, like Insomnia was great when we were out in Phoenix because it's like in every big city. So I am definitely a fan there. Um, and just like Toll House, like if you need to make them at home, never fails. No. Um, and there's one grocery store near me that is has the best like bakery cookies that we always get but something about me that you should know is that I pretty much have a cookie almost every night of my life. (laughs) Like I I actually eat dessert every single day. And it's something that I preach to our clients and, uh, think is a great strategy for actually losing weight sustainably. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where the obsession came from. And my, uh, Wedding cake was also a cookie tower rather than a cake.
0: So <laughs> Solid choice. There's that. <laughs> that might have to go down in, in the, in the notepad that me and my girlfriend keep like just observing what other people did. And it's like, all right, oh, we're going to do that. It's so good.
1: <laughs> um, because people actually eat it and it's so yeah. cheap. You just buy like a hundred, 120 cookies and you just like stack it up like a, a spiral and it was it all gone. So good. It oh. was all gone. <laughs> and, um, I mean, if you want to go like bougie with it, you could get like a milk fountain or something to go with it, but we just did the tower. (laughs)
0: I've I've seen the, uh, what is it? The chocolate syrup tower. And I don't see that going well, like the, the nice clothes and all that little splatter risk. No, can't do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I also had a friend who did a, um, donut and coffee bar, but instead of coffee creamer, they had like, uh, Bailey's. So that was super fun. Um, there there was just donuts and like baked like past like breakfast pastries in that way. That was also a really good time.
0: Yeah. And actually speaking of that, like I'm not a I'm not a coffee drinker at all. But I have been to my my best friend had espresso martinis at his wedding, and I was like, I'm hooked. <laughs> These things are <laughs> so, so good. That is awesome. Yeah. But, I saw you a little reaction there when I said I'm not much of a coffee drinker.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if we can be friends. Um.
0: (laughs) Uh, I'll just hit delete. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's, I know so many people are like so gung ho about it, but I just, I don't know. I think it's kind of like those people that have beer too early and they think it's gross. That happened to me with, coffee i drank it too soon tried to copy my dad and then from that point on just hated it
1: but was it like folders like
0: yeah it was like, yeah, like <laughs> it was Folgers or what's whatever the other one is. i think it was actually Folgers. yeah
1: yeah so i mean that's a little different but you know it is what it is you kind of have that like aversion to it i had that i mean i have that with like beer like actual beer because like my the the running joke in my family is that my dad would like when i was a baby like just take beer foam off his drink and like have me like taste it and i'd be like <laughs> i don't like that um and then like all growing up my parents were always just like here you want a sip i'd be like no that, that's gross and then like that's just been the narrative and i just don't really drink um and i just don't really like alcohol <laughs> See, <laughs> so we got
0: we to gotta shift that narrative we got to go back about 20 minutes and like really shift our our language around beer now.
1: Yeah. Well, I will do that if you do the same with
0: coffee. <laughs> All right. I guess I will challenge my beliefs on coffee. <laughs> but yeah. A I, good
1: espresso could be a little yeah. different. I mean if you like the espresso martini, you're you're one step I, of the way
0: there. I got my girlfriend an espresso maker for Christmas and it's possibly the best gift I've ever gotten. So it's yep. used every day. So I might maybe that's how I start. Maybe that's where it begins. I think so. Yeah. But I know we've covered so so much and I I know that like this is jam packed where we went all in on so many different things but I got to ask you one more thing because sure. this is this is like the most important thing I ask every guest on the show and okay. I know people that have been listening for a little bit know where I'm going with this so this is going to tell us a lot about Marissa right now All right What is your favorite movie and why
1: Oh my god god damn it this is gonna tell you way too much about me Um, I'm
0: excited okay I
1: have to pick between two things it's so cheesy Um, I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna have to say it's probably High School Musical 3
0: wow (laughs) okay
1: yeah yeah Yeah. Um, and why
0: yeah, this is, is why because... I ask why. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and why is because, well, number one, um, I I guess a fun fact about me is that, like, I absolutely love to sing, uh, but not really for, like, lyrics, but for, like, vocals and learning, like, harmonization. And, like, if you didn't know this, High School Musical has a lot of harmonization in it. And I basically, like, self-taught like singing and harmonization skills and that sort of stuff through Mm -hmm. watching high school musicals like other like musicals and stuff like that so uh that's part of it was like having something to sing along with it's not just and maybe this is oh god maybe this is i'm realizing something about myself um (laughs) i don't really love watching movies i don't do it very often like i would much rather watch a tv show that like you can have shorter clips of Or just not watch TV at all. And I think part of it is because it doesn't feel productive to sit in front of a TV for two and a half hours. And so if I'm singing along to it, I'm doing something. (laughs) And so that is part of it. And then also it's just like a super nostalgia. I mean, it was like the the like King movie of the time. Like it was I was like in like sixth grade at the time, I think, or fifth grade when it came out in theaters. And I remember like getting the like um bucket of popcorn with like all their faces on it and i was with like all my best friends and yeah it was just it was just a great movie and it just, yeah. it's just it's such a feel good like so cheesy and there's all these like reels and memes coming out now where it's like high school musical but realistic and it's like <laughs> so funny to watch yeah. but uh yeah near and dear to my heart
0: yeah. That is one thing of our generation that everybody kind of got on board with for a brief moment of time. And some people yeah. stayed on longer than others, but I'd be lying if I didn't say I saw, I a hundred percent saw the first and the second.
1: Yeah. But not yeah, I the third.
0: Know, I don't know. I can't confidently wow. say the third. I I probably did, but I cannot confidently say that.
1: <laughs> I watched the third recently at, uh, at my husband's at my in-laws and, uh, he didn't believe that I knew every word of every song in the movie, and so we watched the whole thing. And in front of his parents, I just sang every word to every song. And beforehand, I'd be like, "So, do you want me to like sing Zac Efron's like vocals or like Gabriella's <laughs> vocals? Because I could do both. Which one do you want to hear?" Uh, <laughs> like it's it's that I, deep. I've got it's, range. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's a problem, but it's it's a fun time. <laughs>
0: Well, that is a good, a good fun fact to know. (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely, I've heard a lot of really like out there suggestions and favorites. And I think that one takes the cake. Like that's like really the, the one that I was not expecting. Cause I'm, I'm totally expecting people to say like, Step Brothers, or like go old school and say godfather or like something like a really like big big movie but when you said high school musical <laughs> 3 i was like damn okay we got a new one now
1: <laughs> yeah yeah the one it was kind of up against was 17 again but basically when i was like i don't know how old i was i must have been 10 years old we had like this like flip open like imagine a laptop but it's just a dvd player um, and it was, oh, I had one like, of those
0: or not, yeah, DVD like player, big. But, or yeah, the one that like, would yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So like, we didn't have like a car with like the TV built into it. So we had one of those and like, we would go to like my grandparents really, really frequently. And so I had two DVDs that I owned and it was high school musical three and 17 again. And it was like, put one in, watch the whole thing, take it out, put the other in, watch the whole thing, take it out. And it was like that. And like chitty chitty bang bang those three were like the constant rotation so i've seen those movies each like many many times so
0: <laughs> that is what i should probably start asking is like what was your childhood rotation of movies because <laughs> like mine was like all the three. mine was all the austin powers movies and oh my um, gosh the karate kid it was just like oh. when, on a loop all the time <laughs>
1: That's awesome. I actually only recently watched all of the old Karate Kid movies for the first time this past year. Yeah. And they're amazing. And it's because of Cobra Kai coming out and like all the actors. And I watched that and my husband was like, so yeah, don't you see how it's so cool how like, and I was like, I haven't seen them. And he was like, that's unacceptable. We're watching them now.
0: (laughs) I honestly had never seen the third one that includes, um, the guy, uh, uh, what's his name? The one that beco- that's the enemy that becomes the friend chosen. Like I had yeah. no idea who he was in Cobra Kai. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like oh. I watched the whole season. I got to go and see what this is about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. I, I love like the whole the whole world of it now. Um, yeah. So I'm glad I got caught up. But that- that's really cool.
0: Yeah. Did you see uh, Miguel is the Blue Beetle in Marvel now?
1: No, I did not.
0: Yep. Guys and I was going to say,
1: I was going to say, I feel like people's answer to your question would also be like some Marvel movie, like Iron Man yeah. or Avengers end game or something like that, which would like, if I had to like m- make my pick sound normal, um, I would have gone in that direction, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I decided to just be totally honest today.
0: <laughs> hey, I appreciate the honesty because that's the best <laughs> stuff there is. I, I love it. But, We are coming up on our time because I know you and me both got calls to hop on to. So I really appreciate you spending like basically an entire hour with us, gracing us with your knowledge and providing a, a really good mindset for everything that we talked about. And I hope that everybody takes like a lot of what we were discussing and applies it as soon as possible. Even if it's just one thing, pick that one thing. And you know what? Take a screenshot right now put it on Instagram and tell us what your one thing is and tag me and Marissa in it. And we'll be happy yeah. to reply and put you on our on our stuff. So yeah, uh, thank you again for coming on. And where can the people find you if they want to see more?
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been awesome. Um, uh, so you can probably just find me on Instagram. It's the easiest. So it's just Marissa Roy Fitness, uh, one R, two S's in the Marissa. And yeah, I'm pretty active there and you can pretty much find anything else that I'm on from that platform.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And I'll make sure to put it in the show notes. So you guys don't have to go searching. you can just scroll down and click. So again, thank you, everybody, Marissa, for being here, everybody for listening and have an amazing rest of your week. See you later, guys thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and you're a new listener, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss another episode. And if you're a returning listener, I would love your feedback. If you could take two seconds to just leave a quick review on iTunes or Spotify and rate the show, that would be greatly appreciated. So thank you in advance and have a great rest of your week.